Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm excited that you're joining with us on this great radio station. Now you have this to look forward to in today's message on Hope for the Day. In a way, we're waiting for Jesus to come again, aren't we? It's for him to come again. And whenever he comes again, all the wrongs are gonna be made right. Empty tissue boxes go away. Small caskets are no more. Tear-stained divorce papers, they don't exist. We wait for that day when he comes again and he makes things right. We wait for that day when the spiritual winter will go away. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. As the Christmas season comes upon us, there is much that we can expect. Christmas carols will be sung, Christmas decorations will be hung, Christmas presents will be wrapped and unwrapped, and Christmas cards will be sent and received. But even with so much that we can expect, there is also much that comes to us unexpectedly. Sometimes it is an unexpected layoff. Other times it is an unexpected illness or even an unexpected family disagreement. So what are we supposed to do with these unexpected surprises that come to us each Christmas? Well, in this sermon series, we'll be looking closely at the first Christmas and all of the unexpected events connected to it to better understand how we are to respond to all of the unexpected events which will come to us this Christmas. Sometimes it can feel like we're all alone. Sometimes it can feel like no one's there. I think that that's what the Israelites must have felt like in, in the Old Testament. Most of the time, they were probably wondering, is the promised Messiah ever going to come? Is this promised king ever going to arrive? And so for that season, they were, they were waiting. They were wondering, is this spiritual winter, so to speak, ever going to end? Is this wait ever going to stop? And what I have found is that when it comes to these seasons of waiting, sometimes these spiritual winters that we go through, that when the wait seems the longest, the winter can seem the coldest. They wondered, is this Messiah ever going to come? There's a period of time, and it's kind of in, it's in the scriptures, but it's not in the scriptures, but it's known as the intertestamental period. It's lasted for about 400 years. And for the course of 400 years, there was no prophet, no prophecy, no word was given. It's only a page in our Bibles that'll separate the Old Testament from the New Testament. But it's in that particular section that there was this spiritual winter that the Israelites went through in which they were waiting for the Messiah to finally come. Now, with 2,000 years of hindsight, we can look back and we can say, well, well, he was coming at just the right time. It was just a matter of time. We can see one of God's greatest miracles in bringing his son into the world. But for them, during that day, during that time, they were looking out the window. They were looking out the window. They were looking out the window and they were hoping to see green, but all they saw was white. They were hoping to see a bud, but they just saw a branch. They were hoping to see a, bud, a blade of grass, but all they saw was snow. That spiritual winter was continuing to go and to go and to go for them. But what we find is also with that, one of the greatest miracles in addition to God bringing his son into the world is when God brought his son into the world. That he brought him into the world at just the right time. He brought him into the world when it seemed like he was never going to come. Galatians chapter four, verse four and five says it this way. But when the set time had fully come, 
God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. That when the set time had fully come, and this literally means that when time was pregnant, that, and some of you are pregnant, some of you have just had a baby, and many of you have had children at some point in time or another, and so you understand that there's a, quite a bit of preparation that goes into bringing a child into this world. And we, we understand this because you, you you buy cribs, you buy strollers, you buy car seats, you buy diapers and wipes. You get these sorts of things. But, but friends, we're in the 21st century now, and, and there's some other things that we need when it comes to preparing for a baby. Some other things to maybe consider. I, was, I came across a few of these items. Um, th- this little item here that's on, a, on the baby is known as the snooze-a-hero. And if you're going to prepare for your child to come into this world, you might need the snooze-a-hero. No, no, but hear me out. This is a good one. Um, It's a motion sensor that detects the slightest of movements, monitoring the baby's abdominal movements while they're sleeping. It's designed to help prevent SIDS. And this little gadget is one of the things that has been found to help. And what will happen is, is that if the abdominal movements become incredibly weak or there are less than eight movements in a minute, then there will be a vibration that's meant to rouse the child. And if they're, after 15 seconds, if there's no movement, then there's an alarm that will awake the parent. And then the parents come, meant to come in and check on the child. So, I mean, it's a, really this incredible item that uh, is very popular these days, $110. So not the cheapest thing, but, but it's, you know, it could, be, it could be something to consider getting. And so that's a 21st century type of gadget. Here's this other item. It's a Snoo Smart Sleeper. And it just looks like a little crib, um, but for $1,160, <laughs> you can have one of these. It's, it's, um, it is equipped with three mics, a speaker, two motors, a carburetor, a fuel pump, exhaust. No, wait, that's a Chevy. Sorry. But seriously, though, this thing will help boost your sleeping for two hours, and it's going to be on my Christmas list next year. It listens for cries, auto responds with sound and rocking. It'll alert parents if the baby needs more attention, which there again, you know, when they get the adult size, I'm all in. I'm all in. This, this is incredible what this has going on for itself. The Snoo Smart Sleeper. And then there is the iBaby Air. Uh, and this is amazing too. This little gadget right here. Uh, it, 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 clarif- it purifies and monitors air quality. Uh, and what it'll do, in, in obviously in a nursery, but in any room for that matter, it detects carbon monoxide, cigarette smoke, benzene, alcohol, hydrogen, methane, ammonia, It is an ion purifier. Now, it doesn't purify the smell of a dirty diaper, but I've heard that their next edition, their next one might have that. It has an audio speaker, breathing RGB light to help create a soothing environment for yours and mine alike. And and so there's a lot that goes into preparing for a baby, whether you were in the first century or whether you're in this century when you bring your child into this world. And there was quite a bit of preparation that went into God bringing his child into this world, his one and only son. And every year I try to take a little bit of time during December to just share with you like why it is that Jesus was born at just the right time. This is especially important for those of you that might not believe in Jesus 
Or you may think that Jesus was a great teacher, uh, maybe even a good prophet. He had a word from the Lord, but you aren't quite there to where you would say, yeah, he's the Messiah, he's my savior. Or maybe your faith's a bit nominal. This is the type of in historical information that can just boost your confidence in who Jesus is and the fact that he came into the world at just the right time. I mean, there was quite a bit that went into Jesus being born in the world at just the right moment. One of those things is that everyone in this day spoke Greek. About 350 years before Jesus was born, there was this guy named Alexander the Great. In 12 years, he conquers all of the known world. So if you're not feeling that great about like how much your, produc your production in life, I, I discourage you from reading his biography. I mean, the guy just, is a, it won't help you any, okay? Read somebody else's that took them their entire lives to do something. This guy, in 12 years, he conquered the entire world. And he had two common customs. One was he would allow a particular culture or people group that he was conquering to maintain their customs and their language but then he would also infuse their culture with Greek Hellenistic culture. And with that, the Greek Hellenistic language. And so the Greek language began to spread throughout uh, the known world. It was said in this day that everyone spoke a little bit of Greek. And that was going to be incredibly important if there was going to be a message like the gospel for God so loved the world that he, that he gave his one and only son that who shall ever believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. For that message to spread, there had to be a common language. But that's not all that there was. There was also total peace. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. About 65 years before Jesus was born, uh, a man named, uh, about 65 years before Jesus was born, there was a man that helped with the conquering of the Greeks and the Roman Empire or the Roman Republic at that time began to be established. And this particular man was Julius Caesar. Well, Julius Caesar would be in power until about 25 years before Jesus was born. And then unfortunately, who killed him? Brutus, and then everybody else got their stab in as well in the Senate. But Brutus took him out because they felt like he was getting too much power. And then, so what do you do when you get rid of that guy? Then you make the next guy a god, whatever. Doesn't make any sense. But anyway, so Caesar Augustus, Octavian, he comes to power after he knocks out Mark Antony and Cleopatra. And so he comes to power. And with that, there is a peace that comes upon the land that has never before been known. Now, as a side note, it needs to be known that they had to have a vast, large army to maintain this quote-unquote peace. 
And there was quite a bit of force that was necessary for these wars and for revolts and for rebellions to be squashed out. So there was still some skirmishes that were taking place. But for all intents and purposes, there was no major wars. There was a peace unlike any other time in human history. And here's what you need to catch when it comes to peace is that when there is peace, travel is easy. And so it was easier for travel to take place when Jesus was born into the world. The next thing was that the Old Testament was translated into Greek. This is what's known as the Septuagint. It was about 250 years before Jesus was born that the Old Testament Hebrew scriptures were translated into the Greek language, which, as we just said, would have made it easy for people throughout the known world to read the Old Testament. And when you read the Old Testament, what you find there is that there's prophecies 594 specifically that point towards a Messiah coming. And specifically, personally, there's 127 that can be attached to Jesus. These prophecies of the Old Testament that pointed towards the Messiah coming into the world. And so now that they have this Old Testament, these Old Testament scriptures, that's God's activity amongst God's people that's ultimately going to point towards God's Son available to all of the known world, people could begin to prepare for the Messiah to come. And then there was still another thing, and that was a travel system. It was said in this day that all roads led to Rome. And the point is, is that there was a a very established road system throughout the Roman Empire that allowed for people to travel, and more importantly, for people to communicate with one another like never before. And that's one of the reasons why the Apostle Paul was able to travel distances that were completely unknown in this particular day. It was unusual for somebody to be able to travel hundreds, if not even thousands of miles like he did to spread the gospel and to preach the word. And one of the reasons he was able to do that is because of the travel system. The other thing that was present was a philosophical need. There were three men, Aristotle, Socrates, and Plato, that essentially implemented what Socrates would have named after him the Socratic method. And what's the Socratic method do? Ask questions. A lot of questions. They questioned everything. But in the midst of questioning so many things, the one thing that they couldn't find was an answer. Because the answer hadn't been born yet. And the answer would be found in Jesus. And so Jesus was born into the world at just the right time when people were asking questions, when people were looking for an answer. And again, one of God's greatest miracles is that he brought his son into the world. But it's not just that he brought his son into the world, it's when he brought his son into the world. That in those days, Jesus was born, and he was born at the perfect time. Now, as we consider where we are today, in a way, we're waiting for Jesus to come again, aren't we? It's for him to come again. And whenever he comes again, all the wrongs are going to be made right. Empty tissue boxes go away. Small caskets are no more. Tear-stained divorce papers, they don't exist. We wait for that day when he comes again and he makes things right. We wait for that day when the spiritual winter will go away. And the spiritual winter is no more. As you see, it can seem like today we're living between the pages of Malachi and Matthew once again. And maybe even for some of you, it feels like you're experiencing some silence. And you're looking for a good word. You're looking for some direction. And right now, you're in between these pages and you're waiting. 
And there's sort of this spiritual winter right now that you, you might say that you are experiencing. What I found with these spiritual winters is that they, they can be characterized often by fear. And maybe some of you are scared. You're, you're scared and you're wondering, is my marriage ever going to work out? Are, are my child and I ever going to reconcile? And you've been praying about it. You've been hoping that it would happen, but it just hasn't happened yet. Or maybe you're wondering, will, will, this, will this cancer go away? And you're waiting. You're in this season, this spiritual winter. It's characterized by doubt. And you're doubting, are you on the right path? Are you wondering that? You're, you're doubting if you've chosen the right direction for your life. Maybe you're even doubting if you're with the right person. And, and you're in this season right now in which there's a lot of doubt. And, and often these spiritual winters, they're characterized by silence. And you're looking for a word, but you can't get one. You're looking for some direction, but you're still in a fog. And you're looking for it, you're waiting for it, but for whatever reason, you're just in this place in which there's some silence. That's what the spiritual winters involve. But maybe God, maybe God's got you right where he wants you. And he's about to do something incredible, just like he was in the first century, just like he was right before Jesus was born, when those Jews were undoubtedly having some of the same concerns and fears that we have today. They were, they were in the midst of that spiritual winter in which there was doubt, which there was fear, in which there was silence, and then this is what happened. In those days, what days? Well, the days that we just talked about, when God spent when God had rose up an empire, when God split apart a kingdom, when God literally was moving kings and queens, when God was at work in those days, the perfect time for Jesus to born, be born into the world, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of of Syria. And so in those particular days, Jesus was born at just the right time. And here's what we can do this winter, if you're in a spiritual winter, that you can trust God's timing. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. that God is at work, that maybe God has you in a slingshot and he's about to let you go, that right now you can trust God's timing. That's the lesson that we learned from Jesus here, Jesus' birth, is that in the spiritual winter, when you're, looking out the, when you're looking out the window and you're waiting for the Narnia to go away, but it's still there, you can trust God's timing. 
Peter says it this way, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years. And so in other words, he doesn't quite look at time the way that we look at time and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. You know how we understand slowness? Often it's with our emotions. It's not really with a clock. It's rarely with actual time. It's often with our emotions. You know, case in point, um, at, at times, and, and some of you can relate to this, how many of you have ever driven around at night trying to get one of your kids to go to sleep? How many of you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. All right. So you're with me. All right. Allow me to, um, yeah, allow me to vent. So, <laughs> so this past week, I'm, I'm driving around at about 3.30 in the morning, and um, I'm trying to get this child of mine, the sweet child of mine, to, to exercise this demon within her, <laughs> out of her, so that I might rediscover this pillow top mattress in my bedroom. But she continues to remain awake, and she has this habit. It's this awful habit of right before she falls asleep, she screams. It's, it's bloody murder, truthfully. And so she screams bloody murder, and, and I always forget that she's getting ready to fall asleep. It just doesn't quite seem real. But in this particular, this particular morning or night or however you want to look at it, she starts to scream, and she's screaming and screaming. I'm sitting there with gripping this steering wheel thinking, why am I out right now trying to get this child of mine to go to sleep? And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, and it's go, she's screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming, and all of a sudden it just stops. And I'm like, okay, maybe I need to get one of those monitors. Is she, is she still alive? And, and she's there. She's knocked out. But it's, and I'm, as I was driving, though, it just seemed like it was so long. I mean, the screech was so loud and it just kept going and going and going. I mean, I felt like it must have been 10 minutes. And then I looked, at, uh, I looked down at the clock and it had maybe been 90 seconds. You see what I'm saying? When your emotions get the best of you, time, the reality of time just isn't quite what it ought to be. And so what I'm trying to tell you is, is that if you see me driving around at 3.30 in the morning, I'm not doing anything sketchy. <laughs> I'm just, you know what I'm doing now. If you see me in a gray Honda Odyssey, I'm trying to get the kid to go to sleep. And the other thing I'm trying to tell you is that if you look down at your hand and you see a ring finger that's without a ring, don't, don't think that there won't be a ring there one day. Maybe your emotions are getting the best of you and it's making you feel like that's never going to happen. When you walk by your nursery and there's not a baby in that room yet, don't think that it's never going to happen. Your emotions as, may cause you to understand time a little bit differently than the way that God is understanding time. If you look into your bank account, there's just not quite, <laughs> there's not the money there that you want there to be there. Don't think that it won't ever happen. Don't think that you won't ever catch, catch the break. Don't think that it's not right around the corner that things are going to start to finally come together for you. Don't think that. Don't think that it's never going to happen. Realize that when God's timing, God's timing is perfect. If you've got a doctor, but it never seems like you get good news, maybe, maybe God's got you in that slingshot. He's about to let you go. When we have these seasons of waiting, the spiritual winter can seem really, really cold. But I like how Les Speeds defines this destiny of ours. Waiting is our destiny, as he says. As creatures who cannot by themselves bring about what they hope for, we, we wait in the darkness for a flame we cannot light. We wait in fear for a happy ending we cannot write. We wait for a not yet that feels like a not ever. Waiting is the hardest 
work of hope. And we need to have a hope that God's timing is perfect because in those days, Caesar Augustus, he issued this decree that a census should be taken. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And, and what you find here is that, that, that God, he's orchestrating this so that way Jesus will be born in this small town of Bethlehem. And the lesson that we learn here is this, is that this winter, we can trust that God is working. He's working in the mundane. He's working in the small. Is there anything more boring? Is there anything more boring than, than a census? I, I don't know. There probably is, but, but not much. And maybe you're examining your life and you're, you're wondering like, is this all that life is? Is this all that my life will be? This mundane, inconsequential stuff that I am doing, but it's in the midst of those things, especially those inconsequential interruptions, like a census, that God's gonna change the entire world. And often we, gl we gloss over those things. Often we get frustrated by those things. Often we don't appreciate that maybe God isn't working in the midst of that inconsequential interruption that's getting ready to change your life. And we can have confidence that God, he is working. Isaiah says it this way, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other for I, I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all things. In other words, God does not slumber. God does not sleep. And yes, he took a day off, but I don't think he's taken one off since then. He's always at work. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. My hope is that the words spoken gave you some encouragement and will help you get through this day. Valley View Christian Church is located in the Denver metropolitan area, just southwest of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. If you live here or are just visiting, we'd love to connect with you. Please come and attend one of our Sunday services at 9 or 10.30 a.m. And when you do, please come and say hi to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. And also remember the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. We look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.